Welcome back to another episode inside of the Survival Toolbox Podcast. This is yours truly, Elder Richard Pittman Jr. Y'all, it's Good Friday. A great reason to be happy. For this is the time that we celebrate Jesus and his sacrifice. That his life culminated in the blood sacrifice of the Lamb. Being that he stood in the gap where me and you could not reach heaven, could not get to God because of our sinful flesh, Jesus stood in the gap for you and I. Took on death, hell, and the grave. Became the symbol of what salvation will forever be known for. Slain, yet risen on the third day. This is Good Friday. We celebrate Jesus. I'm Edward Pippen Jr. I'm so glad that you're back again. We thank God for the sacrifice that he sent him with his son and the blessing of him living, leaving the Holy Spirit. Y'all, I just wanted to be quick today on this wonderful Friday, on Good Friday, this great Friday that we reverence uh, what it means. Uh, good, good Friday is um, the Christian, for those that don't know, Christian tradition of the, the celebrating of Really, um, Jesus being celebrated, coming in, having palms, started that on him. On, we recognize that this past Sunday and this Good Friday is when Jesus would be brought up the hill of Golgotha. And after being on trial, he would get beat and embarrassed in front of his disciples, his family. And eventually he'd go to the cross for you and I. He'd be nailed in his hands and nails in his feet. And instead of giving up because it got too hard or giving up because it became too painful. He instead bear and bore the weight of the generations before him. The generation then. And the generations to come. And I'm so thankful that. I am alive. To talk about. And to even acknowledge the fact that Jesus is real. All this is for nothing if you don't believe Jesus is real. That the sacrifice was real. That the reason why you are standing living today is because you have purpose, that you have something to contribute to the world because God's given it to you inside of your own body, your own spirit, your own soul. We understand this to be evident in our everyday walk. That we have more to do every day that we wake up, even when it's hard. We have a purpose. Quickly. I want to reverence Good Friday, but I, I I want to take it in a little bit different direction. Um, of course, many, many people will come from the New Testament with scriptures and with sayings and uh, begin to explain what Good Friday is and what happened at the trial with Pontius Pilate. And when Jesus stood there and Barabbas stood there and people wanted Barabbas, a murderer, killer, a thief. A person that's bad for the community against Jesus, who was just there proclaiming that he was the savior. 
And that is in and of itself a great thing to speak on, to get understanding with. But I just thought I would talk about something just a little bit different. See, I would like to preface this with Isaiah. Isaiah spoke and prophesied that he was wounded for our our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. That's that's a prophecy. That was Isaiah prophesying generations down the line. That there be someone. That would come. And that would sacrifice themselves and bear the weight of. That we should have bore the cross that we should have took up. The sacrifice and the penance that we should have paid. He would take. I mean, even in Revelations 5 and 12, it says worthy is the lamb that was slain. Slain. Jesus was slain. He was killed. In Revelation 13, it said that. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. That's Revelation 13 and 8. So before there was even the world, it was already predetermined that the world was going to need a savior. And yes, that's New Testament. That's Revelations. But I want to come from Numbers 23, and I'm going to make this really quick. Numbers 23 and 19. I, I, I don't even want to. I guess take too much time, but 23, Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a man, and I just want to stop there. God is not a man. And you know, as a preacher, many times I feel that definitely with charismatic preachers, we look to To get to what we determine the exciting moment in the message and to get to colloquialisms and to bring out, you know, what we we would consider a squall or uh, bring out, you know, our, our talents and being able to put certain words together to excite the people. But I really want to, for a quick minute, look at man and God. And just real quick, as 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 men and women, as human beings and man is just means humankind. But as human beings, we have to understand that we live in such a well built environment. We have to understand that our body temperatures have to be at just the right temperature, because if it gets too high, just a couple of degrees, it can kill you. If it gets too low, it can kill you. And I'm not trying to be morbid, but I want to bring out the reality of what it is to be a man, to be of human kind, a man or a woman. That we must rely on other men and women to survive, whether we want to believe that or not. Somebody has to 
uh, make the food, plant the seed. Somebody has to water it. Somebody has to bring it to the stores that we buy it from. Somebody has to be a willing worker to be all the places that we visit. Somebody else has to work. And in the job that you work, in the places that you are, you are a service to somebody else. We need each other. Even the Bible says that we are a bubble on the water that can be burst. We are fragile. We can easily rattle organs in our body and become sick or sickly. And as we age quicker and quickly, we understand that our bodies begin to break down. We get certain ailments and certain sicknesses and certain aches and pains and even certain injuries that we would heal from in in a couple of days as a child now it takes us a couple of weeks or even months to heal from as we get older and as you go down the line and and you and and you look at what humanity has come from you see that we need perfect conditions to live in a very much so imperfect world a world that was given to us by God for the first purposes of humankind was to worship God. That's it. But because of what we understand of what happened in the garden, we are now here working, toiling, trying to make the best of our lives, trying to uh, uh, put put forth our best efforts every day to try to do the right thing. And all I'm trying to get at. And whatever facet of life, whether you have kids, where you, whether you're at home with your parents, whether you are uh, housed with grandparents, helping your grandparents, you got cousins, aunts, uncles, however you may, may be living, whether you're by yourself, whether you're struggling, however you're hearing this, we are fragile human beings. We're fragile. Our decisions that we make are fragile. Our emotions are fickle. They can change at any time. Our mindset can be one way one day and the next day it can flip. We can be happy in one moment and sad in the next. We can be up, energetic, and ready to go one week. And the next week we are down, low, and can't seem to get out of bed. One day we feel red and then the next day we feel yellow. One day we want to we wanna be on the good side. The next day we're okay with being on the bad side, whatever the good and bad may be for you. We are willing to sacrifice our immediate situation for personal gratification and other than playing the, the, what I would call the longer game to set yourself up for your future. Our uncomfortabilities show up every day. And by human right and standpoint, we want to be comfortable. Because our bodies, the way that we live, we need comfort. We cannot live this life every single day in an uncomfortable way because that brings about anxiety and pain and depression and, and ADHD and ADD. And then you start walking into other sicknesses that come when you get you know, sick with the flu and, and, and sick with the cold. And because you're when you become too depressed or anxiety filled, it begins to break down your literal body organs. We are fragile.
But Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a man. And of course, we can go on and God is not a man that he should lie. But God is not a man. And there's a comma, so there's a pause. And that's where we're going to pause. God is not a man. God is not fragile. God does not need perfect conditions because God is the perfected condition. He is perfect. God doesn't need temperatures. God doesn't need us. He doesn't need humankind. He does not need the world. God could throw away this whole thing and make another. If he wanted to, he could throw away the whole thing and it'd be just him if he wanted to. When God decides to do something, he's not double-minded. God not only plays the right now game, but he plays the long game. And if anything, the Bible says he writes the story from the ending to the beginning. So he knows how everything is going to go before you even start out on a journey that you think is brand new. But God knows all the ins and outs of it. God knows everything. We know nothing. We can reminisce. But God has the entire story. He's the author and the finisher. We are not the authors and finishers of our lives. We are managers. God allows us to manage. God is not a man. He does not get sick. He does not get stressed out. He does not have anxiety. He's not on medication. He doesn't need to work out. He doesn't, know, he doesn't need to go see a doctor. He doesn't get up in the morning and go to work and come back home and need a nap. He doesn't need to go to therapy. God is not a man. He doesn't get tired when you come to him with your problems. He doesn't get frustrated when you repeat the same thing over and over and over to him. God is not a man. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your car, your house. He doesn't need any of those things. What he asks for is your heart. And in by giving him your heart, then you will willingly give all the things that you have to him. But even the Bible says that if you would give from your bosom that he bless you 30, 60 and 100 fold. So it's not that he just wants to take. He wants to give it back to you. But faith pleases God. God is not a man. As many ways as the world tries to set up what faith may be and manifesting and praying to crystals and rocks in the universe, things the Lord has created. He does not get upset when you turn his back on him. Rather, he waits patiently calling your name ever so gently to come back home. God is not a man. That one day he could so-called love you. And we don't even know the definition of love to in its totality because we every day are trying to figure out what love is, let alone speaking about what life is. We don't even understand the definition of life because there is no one definition for it, no one way definition to explain it or live it or to even do it. So we are every day figuring out what love is and God is not a man. Because God knows what life is. Because he created it. God knows what love is because he created it. Where we come to a crossroad, God comes to a standing point. Because God knows the way. Because he is the way. That he is the truth. When we want to lie about something, God sees, God sees the reality in telling the truth of having nothing to hide. 
to have none of the weight to bear. When you don't lie, when you tell the truth, you throw the weight back on those that want to criticize and ridicule you because telling the truth sets you free. That's the Bible. God's not a man. He does not live under our rule. We live under his rule. We've set up rules to try to understand life. And because we don't go to him to understand it, we struggle with it, with life itself. But I'm here to encourage you to give you a word today that God's not a man. He's not stuck in this world. He's not stuck in your mind. He's not stuck in your problem. He's not stuck at your job. He's not stuck in those bad kids and that bad relationship and that bad situation that you're dealing with. God is not stuck where you think he is. God is where you want to be. And if you find him, you'll find everything that you need. Every piece of peace, every piece of letting go, every piece of freedom is where he is. And you have to understand that God is not a man. God's not finicky. The Bible even says the same today, yesterday, forever. The same God back then that was with Moses is the same God that's going to be with you. And if the Lord willing, 15 generations from now will be the same God with your great, 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 whatever kids. God's not a man. So as long as you live, you need to keep that in your mind. The reason why Jesus could take on the beating that he took, and this is just what I surmise from, is that Jesus had to pull on his God side to understand that the pain that I endure is bigger than my human flesh, that God's not stuck. When Jesus came, he was 100% God and 100% man. There was no 50%. You can't put away who you are, and that's why we go to God to figure out who we are. So we do the right thing here on earth because we all have a different set and different traits and different things that we are good at that God can use for the kingdom. However, we go to so many different other outlets that we forget that God's not a man. He didn't change up who he wants us to be, but we go to people that don't know who we are to validate things that aren't on the inside of us. And just because you're good at something does not mean that's what you're called to. And yet here we are serving man that is fickle, serving man that's double minded, serving man that does not know when God has his arms outstretched. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was chastised for things that should have been on us, but yet and still he sacrificed himself. And Revelations 13 and 8 says before the foundations of the before God ever spoke light to be, Jesus was already sacrificing his life for you. Before you ever thought of Jesus already thought of you and said, you're going to need me one day. He's not a man. Because when he died and you still said no to him, he still loved you. He's not a man. When life doesn't make sense and it's not going your way, you can't seem to figure it out. God's not a man. Not only does he know the, be the ending to the beginning, but he knows how to walk you through to the end of what you're going through. God's not a man. So no matter what pain we see in this life, and no matter what things we have to contend with, and no matter who we have to go through, to get to the date and destination that the Lord wants us to get to. You need to understand one thing, that God is not a man. He's not caught up in your theology. He's not caught up in your exegeting of the Bible, your hermeneutics, 
your pneumology. He's not caught up in any of that. You can't tell him who he is. He can tell you who you are. He's not lost for words. We are lost for words. So on this Good Friday and inside of the weekend where the disciples would see their best friend, their good buddy, their Lord, their their captain, their teacher, their master go away and die. When it seemed like all hope was lost, the masterful plan of God does not just consider the moment, but he considers the future. He is not a man. So what for instant gratification when I can play the long game and save generations? God's not a man. God would take what you believe is obsolete and make it into a destiny filled moment. God is not a man. And just like Satan thought that he had won in that moment, just like the world thought they had killed off a man that was crazy. Three days later, he'd raise up again with the same scars to show that he was real. 100% God and 100% man. That same God that would just walk through the door and walk through a wall, but still allow Thomas to touch the wounds of his hands to show that I'm still real. God's not a man. And it's time out that we stop treating him like he is. Happy Good Friday. If you are a Christian, this is the best weekend. Because we recognize that in. And we're not saying this is the time that it actually happened, but we recognize that this happened. And through these acts and events. We lay claim, definitely Gentiles, we lay claim to being accepted into the family because he died not just for the Jew but for the Gentile. And we celebrate because he did not have to do it. Put that in your toolbox. I hope you have a bunch of tools. I pray that this is helping someone. If it's one person, that's all I care about, that somebody would take something and put it into their toolbox and use it every single day to understand that God's not a man. He's not caught up where you are. He can break you out. He can break you free. He can get you where you want to be because he's not a man. He's God. Let's take this journey together. Be blessed.